You are listening to United and Resilient, a podcast designed to help heal and support the El Paso community. I am your host, Oscar Arriaga, Outreach Coordinator for the El Paso United Family Resiliency Center, a program of United Way of El Paso County. We are dedicated to serve those who are impacted directly or indirectly by August 3rd. Join us on the journey to long-term recovery as we have honest conversations with local leaders, mental health specialists, and fellow Pasoans who share their stories and expertise. We feature topics that influence and impact the vitality and resilience of our community. We are El Paso United and together we heal. Juntos sanamos. The effects of the COVID-19 panic has caused changes to our daily lives. Changes that have often happened rapidly and abruptly. Life adjustments often come with a wide range of experiences and emotions. Sometimes that transition can feel smooth and other times that journey to the new normal is bumpy. People were suddenly forced to adapt to the new normal by working from home, parents homeschooling their children, lockdown and quarantine, and the optional wearing of face masks in public. The new normal is not the old normal. Today, we have Maricela Ginet Nevarez. She is a licensed professional counselor with Emergence Health Network. She assesses, diagnoses, and treats patients with major depressive disorders, anxiety, post-traumatic disorders, and more. She will explain how people are adapting to the new normal as they gather information and resources necessary to function at school, work, as a person, and in our relationships with others. While some are attempting to settle into their new routines, for others, it means learning how to live or relive with friends, family members, and coworkers, and still follow the COVID-19 guidelines. Welcome, Maricela. Please tell us about yourself and your profession. Share with us your academic and professional achievements. Please include your journey to becoming a licensed professional counselor. Thank you, Oscar. Well, what can I say? I'm from a small town. I'm from Fabens. I graduated from Fabens High School, and early on in my life, I kind of knew that I was a people person, had good people skills. So I was really drawn to working in the human services field. And I think that's where I became really passionate about working with people, and I just wasn't quite sure at what capacity yet. So I actually moved to Colorado, and that's where I pursued my bachelor's degree in psychology, and uh, it's from the University of Colorado at Denver. I worked with Child Protective Services there as a family team uh, coordinator and facilitator there, and I remember just being really in love with the therapist role and what she had to bring into those meetings. I loved the input she gave and how she was working with the deeper issues and I knew right there and then that that's what I wanted to do. I then moved back to El Paso and I began working on my master's degree. Uh, In the meantime, I worked with adults with intellectual disabilities and adults with autism. So I learned a lot about applied uh, behavior analysis. But keep in mind, in the meantime, I was a single mom. And so I was you know, working and um, as a single parent, it can be very difficult. So yeah, my journey was definitely not easy, but I was fortunate enough to have my mom as a backbone and support system. 
And of course, my son, that was that that drive to get me through. So that was pretty tough, but I made it through. <laughs> so from very young, from Fabens, yeah. taking out the trip out to Colorado. I know. That was interesting, right? As soon as I graduate, I'm like, I am taking off to live in Colorado and Denver. It's a beautiful city. And that's where you began your um, your career, learning and getting the experience you needed. Yeah. And you brought it back to El Paso. I sure did. I had to come back to El Paso, right? Our hometown. <laughs> Everybody comes back. Everybody does. But then I received my master's of science in mental health counseling from the University of Phoenix. And I did a lot of work in the inpatient setting, working with adults, children and adolescents, where I did group therapy, individual and family therapy. Once I became on LPC, I was hired on with Emergence Health Network. How long have you been with Emergence? So I've been with Emergence now going on five years. Wonderful. Yes, it's been wonderful. I, I've really enjoyed it. I started off as a multi-systemic therapist, and I worked with adolescents and juvenile probation department and their families. I then transitioned to a therapist position, and that's really where I started doing a lot of work with MDD, major depressive disorder, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, anxiety, and, and post-traumatic stress disorder. I've also worked a lot lately with borderline personality disorders as well. And then I was promoted to my current position. And right now I'm a lead therapist and I supervise eight fully licensed therapists and master's level students. I've actually learned a lot from my colleagues. I work with such an amazing team and they're super passionate about what they do. And we just feed off of each other we grow together and we, we learn a lot together. How wonderful. Well, lots of talents that you have enhanced here in El Paso too. And you are the perfect person that we need to speak to. And that brings me to the first question. We want to know about this new normal. Sometimes I see the plexiglass barriers are that are separating employees from customers. Those are being taken away, the ones that we saw at shops and businesses. Organizations are opening their doors again to have customers walk in. And most people are not even wearing masks in the grocery stores or restaurants. And it's becoming more and more that we see that. Office workers who have been doing their jobs from spare bedrooms and kitchen tables for the last two years are slowly heading back into the office too. So everything is starting to look normal. So how come this new normal in quotation still feels very strange and different? Is there any psychological reactions uh, starting to form as we slowly come out of isolation and step into this new normal again? You know what, Oscar, I think it feels so strange and different because our lives have been impacted and really changed by the pandemic. We've really undergone a lot of changes in our daily lives. It, it changes like feelings of loneliness, job losses, financial difficulties, and grief over the death of our loved ones. So it, it hasn't been easy in any way. Social isolation is another one, right? We've been socially isolated, and so we've lost our routine. Our sleep is not great. Our eating habits are not great. And so our physical and our emotional well-being is, is affected. A lot of all these experiences are just leaving this uncertainty. So we're living in uncertainty right now. And so all of that creates different symptomology for a lot of people. And a lot of the symptoms that we're seeing is anxiety and panic. Am I going to be okay if I leave? People aren't wearing masks. Do I feel safe? We're also seeing depressive symptoms. And a lot of that comes from the social isolation in which you are having self-doubt. You haven't been out. You haven't been socializing. 
you maybe don't feel as confident maybe as you were feeling before so it's creating a lot of depressive symptoms are there different types of isolation you know some people have been isolated since the beginning of the pandemic yeah. which is almost more than than a year practically two years some people have, may have been for six months three months and is it different types of the stress orders that they yeah. go through yeah through? so you you see people that have really come out of the shell and we're waiting and we're ready to go out and and comfortable being out and then you have those people that are taking it a bit slower and then you have people that are thinking you know i'm gonna just give it more time i'm not ready so you do see different levels of that and you're also seeing the post-traumatic stress from it too where now we're thinking is this going to happen again like am i safe out there now so we're constantly asking ourselves a lot of these questions, but we're definitely seeing those symptoms come up. Interesting, interesting. And you know, also some jobs have shifted to being remote now, mm -hmm. that they're working from the comfort of their home. And that can be a struggle to find a distraction-free space at home because you still got to be productive and effective to work. And sometimes it feels like it takes twice as much time, effort, and energy to even do a simple task from your boss, right? And, uh, and that can be draining. Yeah. <laughs> uh, can, can the frustration, the sadness, anger, and even anxiety, can that build up while we're adjusting to the new normal? And what can people do to remedy this new adjustment? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So you're definitely going to see a lot of that come up. But personally can tell you that it's been difficult working from home you're sitting there and you're trying to focus on a task the dog is barking someone's at your door you're hearing your family members in the other room and there's just so That's much true. going on <laughs> around you right and so it's difficult to focus and concentrate and that could just be so frustrating and then we also have on the other hand a lot of people that were spending time uh, just a really unusual amount of time together in confined spaces and that led to aggression and anger and domestic violence. What I would say is give yourself a break. And what I mean by that is, you know, life has thrown like completely new set of circumstances at us with the new normal, realizing that adjustment takes time. We cannot expect to be perfect in every new situation. And sometimes we're really hard on ourselves and we have this expectation that we should be functioning like other people, or we should be, like we were talking about levels right now, we should be at this level right now. And I think we need to really stop beating ourselves up for maybe not being the excellent school teacher or the excellent nurse, or I really think we need to give ourselves a break and give, our, give ourselves some time because when we're impatient, it really is harder to adjust. It's true. I, I have seen a lot of people sometimes uh, want to be that, the best that they can be the best. Yeah. And while they were isolated and they're coming back, there's other adjustments that they have to make for themselves. Exactly. There's a lot of adjustment happening and realizing that adjustment is going to take time. Correct. I agree. I also have seen that the public is divided about the mask requirement that's out there. There's half the people I've seen that, that want to continue masking and want the community to continue as well, just like them. And the, there's another half that I do see that do not use face masks and they just let it expire. Can the people feel anxiety when someone is wearing a face mask and they go into an environment, whether it's a grocery store, the mall, or maybe just a gathering, 
and 90% of the people are not wearing a mask. Can they feel some type of anxiety too? Absolutely. Anxiety can be very much present in those situations. We've started going back to the concerts, right? To the gyms and to like the large events, but a lot of people are still preferring to stay home because of the same reason, right? People aren't wearing masks. And so they feel that that's what is going to make them feel more safe. So it is causing a lot of anxiety. There's also people who thought, I'm ready. I'm going to go to the concert. I'm going to have such a great time. And then you show up and you're like, what happened? I, you're so nervous. You're so anxious. You're thinking, I'm not ready for this. And it just kind of kicked in, right? And you're like realizing when you thought you were ready that you really aren't as ready as you thought you were. So there's that happening too. I would just focus on the things that you can control and don't overwhelm yourself trying to control those things that you can't. You can't control everything and you can't control the, the society. You, you, you can't really tell people, do this, right. uh, follow me. And some people just kind of either give up yeah. Or, or just not even go out. And, and I think too, right, is sometimes we fight it or we're so angry about things we can't control, like people not wearing masks, right? And so I always tell my clients, let's ride the wave. <laughs> let's ride the wave, right? Let's not fight it. Let's not go against it. Let's just ride it and focus on the things you do have control over. And that gives you this more sense of, things that you can do for yourself right now in the moment that you're not so focused on what other people are doing. I agree. I could imagine uh, some people that practice self six feet social distance mm -hmm. and others don't. Yeah, others. I've seen it at the stores. <laughs> <laughs> they approach you, they're next to you. Yeah. Still want to practice feet of uh, safety uh, distance there, but they're four feet away. They're three feet. They're two, they're two feet, feet away. away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like, oh my gosh, I, I imagine the anxiety. And that brings me to another question. Personal hygiene. That's always been an important part of our lives, even before the pandemic. Now we wash our hands more frequently to fight off the virus. I see people carrying hand sanitizers in their briefcases, in their purses, in, in their pockets, in their cars. Do you believe that these are learned behaviors? These learned behaviors will continue? And are they already ingrained in our daily routines? Yes, I do. I completely agree. I think today hand washing and the hand sanitizer is as important as it's ever been. Truly believe these behaviors are going to continue for generations to come, uh, which is not a, it's not a bad thing, right? Let's also not forget about the lotion that comes with it's it's been it's part of the process. Now it's part of the routine. <laughs> but uh, as a result of COVID, we became more aware that hand sanitizers and hand washing was important because it helps us prevent COVID. And that's the reason we really have started to pay closer attention to it. Another thing, too, is I've noticed people are now paying much more attention to the cleanliness and they're actually seeking out for it. So if they go to a place that doesn't feel as clean, they might they might not feel comfortable being there. That's interesting. That is true. I didn't think mm -hmm. about that too. Mm -hmm. So I've also noticed that it's, it's actually turned into a requirement and businesses I feel are also paying closer attention to that too. Yes. You are listening to United and Resilient. We'll be right back with our guest, Maricela Jiner Nevarez. Now, we shift to our intermission segment of Where Were You on August 3rd with our guest, Luz Gomez. She is the counselor of MacArthur Elementary Intermediate School. 
The school was designated as the reunification site. She shares her personal story of the August 3rd, 2019 tragedy. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Luz Gomez and I am the middle school counselor here at uh, General Douglas MacArthur. I've been here for about 14 years and I love the community. We have an amazing, amazing set of uh, community members along with our students that uh, make our school an amazing place to be. The phone rang and it was our nurse. They were calling every employee from here from MacArthur to make sure that we were all okay. Luz, did you hear about what's going on? I just wanted to make sure you're okay. And so I said, okay, um, well, what's going on? I still had not heard it. When you first hear that, you are in shock. You don't, you can't grasp for the first, say, 10, 15 seconds. And that is, you know, it's something that you'll never forget because you're just in awe. Afterwards, you're trying to look up in the TV, on the news, to get more details as to what's going on in our community. Well, school was gonna start. When I heard that our school was a reunification site, you start wondering, well, what's going on? One of the things that they did tell us is, don't try to go to the school. The school has been taken over. And so they were trying to reunite the people. They were just working as an amazing community, trying to help everybody in need and understand it. First, we needed to deal with the faculty. We could not come into that building. What happened is that they opened a Bonham Elementary for our faculty and staff to go there. So we met there. It was a very solemn beginning of the school year because it's our community. Again, you're trying to come together and heal as one because it was a very shocking moment. You hear of what's going on around the United States, you think, we went through this. There's a lot of pain, a lot of healing that needs to be done because of that. Everybody heals at different uh, rates, different times, because it's just a very painful event. And, and as much as you try to go forward, when you hear of those events happening again and again, you don't, you don't heal from it. You learn to go on ahead and move forward. We came together. We, when we look at each other, we give each other our, our stare of we're okay. But we all have that little, you know, how can I explain? That we're gonna be okay. We're, we, we look, we stare at each other, and maybe our stares are healing us, but we gotta go on ahead and move forward with this. We now return to our united and resilient guest, Maricela Giner Nevarez. For the last two years, I was thinking of the people that have been isolated from society for almost two years already. And loneliness, of course, affects our physical health just as our mental health. Yeah. What can people do to cope with the effects of the COVID-19 quarantine? And, you know, now that you mentioned loneliness, it's, it's loneliness is linked to depression. It's actually associated with a lot of feelings of sadness, emptiness, and shame. And social isolation and loneliness can be really strong predictors of suicidality. So it's really important that 
we share our feelings of what we are experiencing, that we express that we are feeling lonely and not be afraid to do that. And if you're, you, it would be wonderful if you could find someone that you trust, that you could really go and share what you're experiencing and how you're feeling. If you don't have anybody that you trust in the moment, it's not being afraid to seek help. There are many counselors out there. There are a lot of people. There's support groups that can help you. And I'm going to say, don't be afraid to reach out. And always keep in mind, if you're afraid of sharing that you're lonely, all the information that you share with your therapist, your counselor is confidential. So never be afraid to share that information and tell someone that you're feeling lonely. Reach out to your support systems. You know, hearing a familiar voice and uh, seeing a friendly face always makes us feel less isolated. Also, one of the things that's happening too with social media right now is we are constantly comparing ourselves with other people, right? So on social media, you see the posts of, they have such a beautiful, wonderful life. Everything is beautiful. And you're thinking, and here I am feeling so lonely and so sad. And you can't compare your situation and of course, you're also not seeing what's on the other side of that, right? Because we're only posting the, the neat stuff that's happening. Right. You, you can't compare yourself to other people. We're each experiencing something different in the sense that it's the same thing. We're going through the same thing, but the experience is different for everybody. And being lonely, of course, you know, you're more attracted to to seeing everything that's on social media. Yes. So you, you see your Instagram, you see your, your Twitter, Facebook, and, and you're right. What people see is that diamond in, in, in the rough, the, the shiny person, exactly. the, the happy person. When you don't know what, what the other 23 hours and, and um, <laughs> exactly. 50 minutes. It's just a snapshot, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that's true. Don't, don't compare. Don't compare yourself or your situation, right? Um, You don't know if this other person is also feeling lonely. They're just not talking about it, right? So talk about it. Reach out. Talk about what you're experiencing, what you're feeling. Stay busy. Try and learn something new. Right now, more than ever, it's the perfect opportunity to do a a hobby. Um, If you want to become the Guitar Hero expert, you know, find something that is going to be of your interest. Volunteering, too is also a great thing and it's also really gratifying to go out there and help others right but if you're not ready to yet come out and out of your house and you're not feeling safe you want to join an online community you know there's a lot of peer support groups out there there's a lot of things that you can do online to not feel as lonely there's helplines, support lines. There's a lot of things you, you can do so that you're not feeling that loneliness. That's good advice. I didn't know about the online community. That's uh, another avenue to take. I know that to improve our emotional health, physical activity, that's important. What types of exercises or physical activity are beneficial to, to people? Uh, how frequent can they do it? Are, what are the different types of exercises for the different ages? Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Well, as far as exercise, it's, it's so important to improve your mental health because it helps reducing anxiety, depression. Your cognitive functioning is improved. It improves any negative mood that you might have. It's so important. Exercise has also been found to alleviate symptoms of low self-esteem and even social withdrawal extremely important to exercise right now you don't have to overexert yourself you don't have to 
put yourself out there and feel like you have to run a marathon right away. Like, be careful with your exercise and know your limits and how much you can. And of course, talk to your doctor if you're a little unsure on how much you can exercise. But I want to say any movement is good movement. So they precisely have to join the gym. Absolutely. You don't have to join the gym. You can do some, just any exercise from home. Things like spending some time in the house, doing some chores, washing the car, cleaning the windows. There's a lot of things to do around the house. (laughs) (laughs) So you could do stuff like that to keep active, right? If you're comfortable, you can go walk, cycle, um, take the kids to school. Uh, I also think too, right, and I always tell my clients this, learning how to practice mindfulness from your home is wonderful. And mindfulness is being present in the here and the now Mm -hmm. and being in tune with your senses. And one of the things that I recommend is go to your backyard, sit outside for a little, close your eyes and just, you know, focus in the moment in the here and the now. I I highly encourage practicing mindfulness. That's kind of like a brain exercise that we can do. Even watching the sunset uh, as it goes down in the backyard or something. And you know what? It helps remove yourself from all the distractions that are happening around us. It takes you away for that minute in which you're just focused on the here and the now. Oh, those are very good tips. We want everyone to recover from mental illness and lead full, productive, and rewarding lives. Uh, Maricela, uh, any other impactful ways to improve mental health every day? Yes, absolutely. One of the biggest things that I encourage is uh, talk positively to yourself throughout the day. I know there's bad days and there's good days, and I'm not saying just have this positive attitude. No, I'm saying just learn how to include that and incorporate that into your daily life where you're trying to look at your life from a more positive perspective. One of the things that really works is positive affirmations. And positive affirmations is just you telling yourself really kind words. Because we're always really good at giving friends advice and telling them, oh, this is what you need to do and you can do it. And and we provide all that support. But then in turn, we have to do that for ourselves. And we need to tell ourselves, I can do this. I am loved. I am strong. I am proud of myself. If you can get yourself to write these positive affirmations on sticky notes, place them when you're driving, place them when you're getting ready, it's going to create a habit for you and you're going to start looking at your life from a more positive lens. I also think too, practicing self-care is important. Tell us tips and advice for self-care. Practicing self-care doesn't necessarily mean go to the spa and get a massage. But I think it means more than that. It's truly loving yourself and caring for yourself. And how do we show that? We show that through healthy eating and being more mindful of what we eat. Because you can go to the spa and then leave and then go get yourself some junk food. (laughs) (laughs) I've seen that happen. Yes, exactly. And are you really showing yourself love? Are you really taking care of your body, of your mind? And so that's the way of showing some self-care. Sleep. Oh my gosh, Oscar. Now we're living in this life where people's sleep is all over the place, especially our adolescents. Mm -hmm. And let me tell you, they're playing video games till 2, 3 in the morning, and then they got to wake up for school the next day. And it is 
really bad. <laughs> and sometimes these adolescents have their own cell phones. Yes. So it's, it's not like before where family um, living room TV was on and you say, hey, turn it off. Yeah. Now you got to, they're playing on their cell phones. I know. And then sometimes you're like, okay, give me your phone and then the watch. <laughs> That's true. Yes. <laughs> so just being really mindful of all of that, right? And self-care means loving yourself, taking care of your body, taking care of your mind, turn off any external streams of negativity, right? Put away the phone, turn off the TV, and separate yourself from any outside sources that can really drain your energy. And it's going to add to your anxiety. So you have to be careful with removing all of those things that are creating more anxiety in your life. Those are very good tips and advice that uh, that you gave us, Marisela, on self-care on mindfulness um, at home, the exercises that you told us, um, even better sleep. Get your recommended hours of sleep that you need. Of course, it'll be a better day tomorrow. And Maricela, this is what I ask to all our guests. Can you tell us what does resiliency mean to you? Yeah, resiliency to me is the ability to withstand adversity. It's, it's falling down, pick yourself back up, keep going. At times you look back, you work through your emotions, look forward, and you keep going. And you grow despite what life throws at you. It's like climbing a mountain or, or running a marathon. It takes a lot of strength, time, and patience, um, asking for help when you need it, reaching out to your support system, and getting to know yourself along the way. And this is all happening as you're experiencing a lot of setbacks in your life, right? But I think the best part is when you reach the top, you can look back and realize how far you've come. And I think that's what resiliency really means to me. Excellent. Thank you, Maricela, for sharing your thoughts and tips and self-care strategies that help us overcome and adjust to this new normal. Thank you again for being here with us. Maricela Giner Nevarez is a licensed professional counselor from Emergence Health Network. And thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed learning of how we can start adapting to this new normal and resources available to us as we slowly get back to school, work, and our relationships with family and friends. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Opaso United FRC, where we can learn more about our commitment to the community's long-term recovery. I'm signing off and I will see you soon.